0: It's Monday, November 16th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online, since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This past Saturday's Million MAGA March in Washington, DC, came up about 980,000 people short of a million. Just don't tell that to Trump or his supporters who keep whining about recounts, but have a really hard time when it comes to actual counting. While still in denial, Donald Trump is refusing to allow his coronavirus task force to communicate with Biden's transition team. Ironically, this is the first form of transmission that Trump's administration has stopped during this entire pandemic. In order to try and slow the overwhelming increase of new COVID cases in California, Governor Gavin Newsom today rolled back almost every county in the state to the most restrictive health measures, calling it, quote, an emergency break. So next time someone questions why the governor won't allow them to get a haircut or a manicure, Newsom can simply channel his inner Ross from friends and say, we were on a break. Zoom announced it will temporarily lift its 40-minute call restriction so users can make Thanksgiving calls for free. It's a nice but not at all necessary gesture since 40-minute video calls were already about 39 minutes longer than anyone would want to talk to relatives during the holidays. Guitar Center has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy due to its inability to pay its debts. This is not an unprecedented situation, said every girlfriend in her 20s who regretted lending her musician boyfriend money to record his demo. In Formula One news, Lewis Hamilton has tied Michael Schumacher's record for the most F1 World Championship titles at seven, making this the coolest accomplishment that no one in America understands or cares about. The newest Bloomhouse film Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn won the weekend box office by bringing in $3.7 million, which proves that the only thing freakier than the film’s title is that anyone who thinks a movie making $4 million can be called a win. Just in time for cuffing season, Chipotle, Uber Eats, and dating site Hinge are teaming up with a new menu encouraging socially distant, meal-centric dates that let you pretend you're not eating low-quality, knockoff Mexican food alone at home. After seeing Harry Styles dressed in a ball gown in this month's issue of Vogue, far-right activist Candace Owens complained that she wants society to bring back manly men. Well, I want society to get rid of opinionated, self-hating women of color who support racist leaders, but we can't all get what we want now, can we, Candace? It was announced this afternoon that after buying her old music just 17 months ago against her wishes, Scooter Braun has sold Taylor Swift's master recordings of her first six albums for just over $300 million to an investment group, making himself a nice profit. With the price of the recordings rising, it's starting to look like Taylor and her old records will never, ever, ever be getting back together. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Aiello, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with you, Pete.
2: I got to tell you, I was so much happier this weekend when we didn't have to do this. Just saying.
3: (laughs) Okay. Joe? Hi, everyone listening on Google Podcasts, and happy National Fast Food Day. I know Peter's been looking forward to this, but you know what? I don't know if I want to mention Popeye's uh, fried chicken, because Popeye's fried chicken really isn't fast
2: food. It's good food fast. You're so full of shit. This is so wrong. We're not getting Popeye's to sponsor us. Not that I wouldn't take it, but we're not. You know Um, what I will take? If I order $10 or more, I get a
3: delivery for free, and I will take that delivery. Thanks, Popeyes. You don't get, you don't get what you don't ask for. So. <laughs> Elizabeth. Uh, I don't have a good
4: joke. It's just been Monday, and it's been okay. <laughs> good.
5: <laughs> Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, listen, after you watch the show and you're ready for dinner, make sure you order over $10 on the Uber Eats app and get your delivery of Popeyes for free.
3: <laughs> oh, and, <bullshit>. sure. <laughs> I like to point out you also get a free for po- from Postmates as well, too. Oh, yeah, so I actually
6: long. just had Popeyes that I was left over from yesterday when I got a free chicken sandwich for ordering over what ten dollars and free delivery.
1: Amazing.
6: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> See that that's actually yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> that's true
1: now you guys know when i say amazing in my jeff green
3: voice that means i'm really excited so that's i'm excited too that's free delivery and a free spicy chicken sandwich
6: i think the promotion ended this i think it ended so but i'm not sure <laughs> oh well who knows maybe popeyes will sponsor us that's a good deal
1: okay so let's get started with tonight's show With California seeing its greatest spike in new COVID cases in three months, Governor Gavin Newsom rolled back much of the state into the most restrictive health measures in order to try and contain the virus. This does nothing to Los Angeles County, which has never left the purple tier, which is the highest level of COVID concern and yet still has the highest level of infections in the entire state. Firstly, do you think that Newsom's actions today are going to make any difference in the amount of new COVID cases that the state is seeing? What are your thoughts on that? Stuart, let's start with you.
6: Well, we've done this before, right? I mean, he, he, we put in a, a strict lockdown at the beginning of the pandemic. And did that decrease cases? I think it, I think it did, right? So it's reasonable that this one would, too.
1: Okay. Um, Joe, and then I'll go to Pete.
3: Um well I mean we knew this was coming this is this, this is essentially the second wave that everyone talked about uh I mean the governor is really not doing do the governor's doing this just to try and keep it down but new cases are coming and they're coming big and um you know this is uh the winter's here or or will be here shortly and uh this is the time for flu like viruses like covid to uh to do their thing so yeah I mean I mean he's doing everything that he can and and I'll be honest with you, uh, California and New York are ahead of the curve because they've been doing all of this stuff uh, compared to other states. But, yeah, I mean, it's not going to stop it. It's just going to try and, and keep it at some sort of controllable level, which, I mean, let's face it. We've been in purple in Los Angeles for so long, and we're still the highest. I'm surprised at one point, at some point or another, everybody in the county is going to have to get it because I, I don't know how we have this many people because we're constantly getting like a 1,000 cases a day. And I'm like – That's been happening since August. I mean, we're going to run
2: out of people.
3: (laughs) Okay. Pete?
2: Well, I mean, it kind of goes to a little bit about what Joe just said. We've been in this purple phase, which is, I guess, the worst um, restrictions. But it doesn't seem like that's doing anything to stop um, the cases. Our cases have always been the worst part of the state, um, which is, again, just strange because we're in the most restricted part of the state. So clearly, I mean, I don't think by just rolling it back, it's going to do anything. I mean, I honestly think that the only way you kind of get past this at this point is if you actually start fining people, I don't know, maybe jailing people, like jailing like bars that decide to open when they're not supposed to just because they're going to stick it to the governor, uh, you know, and all that other stuff. because. I I mean, I can't imagine that anything else is going to stop this. You know, I I mean, Los Angeles, clearly it's there's a group of people that just are not going to care. Um, And and clearly it's not this is not one of those red state, blue state things, because this is a very blue state. So um, to me, it's just I I think the only way you're going to you're going to really try and get people to do the right thing at this point is hurting them in the wallet. You know, that's it.
3: I don't see people doing that, though, Peter, at least not here. Like where well, they were doing it? that, where they were doing that was places down in like Orange, South Orange County, and stuff like that. And those guys were red forever. They just finally went back to purple. Yeah, so but like, but so I don't see much... like 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 I don't see bars saying "fuck you, governor." We're going to open here in L.A. I see no, that happening I, I down that. there, but they were that, red what for about, so long.
2: What about the idea of like we do a mask mandate, and if you're on the street, you're not wearing a mask. If you're you're someplace, you're not wearing a mask, you get a thousand dollar fine. You know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's gotten to a point now where like for me, like I keep hearing about, about COVID uh, frustration and COVID exhaustion. And yeah, you know, I, I got all that just as much as anybody, but I'm more angry at those people that are still just so adamantly against doing what's right. And, and, and the biggest problem that, that, that our government made um, in this is, is ever saying that this helps um, protect others Um, You know, before they started saying it now helps protect you, too, because because we've realized now that we live in the most selfish fucking country on Earth. Because people just don't care about each other. So you know what? Start bucking them out. I mean, I'm sure the economy could use a couple extra dollars. So you see somebody in a, in a public area would not wearing a mask, hit them with a $1,000 fine? If they turn out, you get them a second time, it's a $2,500 fine. The third time, maybe it's jail. I, I mean, but I don't know what else you could do to people to try and get them to do the right thing. Because clearly pleading with them to do the right thing is not working. and And it affects all of us who are doing it. Um, Stuart? Well, a couple of
6: things. One thing, L.A. was always going to have the most COVID cases because we are the most populous county in California. We're the biggest city. I mean, it, it, regardless of our restrictions, we're, like it, just math-wise, we're always going to have the most. That I mean, that's a, a pretty normal, understandable thing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think Peter's absolutely right. We have tried mask mandates that aren't enforced. Because, um, I mean, there haven't been. I mean, uh, private businesses are are, are, in, are enforcing them, but nothing... There are really no consequences other than leave if you're not wearing a mask. I mean, that's the only consequence people are facing. And at this point, we need to start finding people. Obviously, there's a concern that that will just mean it's a crime for poor people. Um, but you could do it as a percentage of income. And e- e- even still, like... It's still better than not finding people at all. I mean, at this point,
3: I don't think you wear a mask or fuck it. you. But, but well, let you me can talk- you can can I I tell. Can I tell you guys what happened
1: to me today? I went to UPS um, right down the street from us, and I went in there just to drop off some packages that I had some returns I was doing. And as I was walking away, there was a man at the very end of the counter, and I didn't notice this until I was walking out. The guy had his mask on, but he had it off. It was around his chin. Yeah, and a he's lot of people talking- that. And he was talking to the guy. He was, like, shipping this huge box. There was a problem with the tape or something. So he was trying to explain to him, to him, you know, what was happening. And the plexiglass was there, but the two employees that were there, nobody told him to put on the mask. And I freaked out. Like, I wanted to get out of there as fast as I could because I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a small store. I'm in an enclosed, you know, area. So what I did was I contacted the manager. I sent the manager an email saying, you need to talk to your employees and you need to let them know that this is not okay. That's a small store. How would, I mean, what would you do in a situation like that? I mean, how I would say you on
6: that? I'm, I'm telling people put, put your mask on. I mean, yeah. I, like, uh, when I was on a plane. Some guy did that to do sock on his phone. I said, put your mask on. Yeah, and if I I I had
1: seen it when I was in there, but I was like, like I said, I was just walking out, I was like in shock, and I was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible because I said, oh my gosh, I've been in the store, and this man has been talking the whole time, and I had no idea that he didn't have his mask on until I turned around as I was walking out. But I mean, you know, do we? I mean, do we confront people? I mean, I would have done to him if I had seen him when I first walked in. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Chris, uh, oh, Pete, did you want to finish that real quick? I, I kind
2: of ready. wanted to say something in fact to what to what um, Stewart had just said, you know, about the thing about disproportionately affecting poor people by doing something like this. No, you know what poor people rich people if you're not wearing a fucking mask, no. you should get fined the same amount of money and because you want to know something it doesn't take it doesn't take you know a wealth level to make you decide to be compassionate for others but they did you that know? and that's, they were
4: trying to do that in New York and they were only accosting people of color well that's, that's mask. that has to and that's the problem is, that has, is, that's, is that's, it is a good idea a in system, theory that's
2: a systemic problem that's not yeah. that's still yeah, not the problem that really has the to the, 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 man, the problem
6: the yeah. problem is more that people who like, if it's like a you know a hundred dollar fine, there are people who just genuinely do not give a shit if they have to pay hundred dollar fine. Like there there are rich people who get parking tickets because it's worth more to them to, to get the park like the paying the parking ticket is worth more than the time that would take to find the yes, legal. But park you spot. want to know
2: something, Stuart? I don't think that really really rich people are the problem that we have. I think this is your middle class people and your and, and your. No, people I think it's who, everybody. Are, everybody. That are, I, 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 I,
1: well, no, because, I think it's everybody. Some people I, feel that you know they're
6: entitled. It's I don't think it has any. It, yeah, it's an entitlement thing. It, yeah, that's
2: it, what it is. I, mean, I, I just to me, I see it being you know here at least in Los Angeles. It's 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 a lot of younger people. It's people that just assume that either they're invincible or they'll get it and they'll, you know, they'll have a cough for a week and then they'll be fine. So, you know what, you just have to put them in a position where, where it does cost you something to deal with this. And, you, and you're right, Stuart. If it's, if, if, if giving somebody a thousand dollar fine is like giving, you know, another person a million dollar ticket, because the thousand dollar fine won't matter to somebody rich. Well, then you know what, like I said, third option, you go to jail. And 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 maybe it's just maybe it's five days or whatever it is. But you know what? Put it as an option because because we've reached a point right now where where you are a deadly weapon for other people. I mean, every person that does this at this point is 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 a problem. And you know what? It's fucking frustrating because everybody on this screen. I trust all of you because I know where you are all day, and it's so frustrating that we're all doing the right thing, and there's all these motherfuckers who are not doing the right thing who are making this as bad as it is. And and the problem that's going to happen is if we don't change the way we handle those people, we're, we're going to be doing this until – a year after we get a vaccine because those are the same people that aren't going to get the vaccine. or Those are the people that aren't going to go get back, get the second shot. And so it's just going to keep tumbling into this mess that we're never going to get out of.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about the vaccine (coughs) later on, so let's hold off on the vaccine for now. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead, Chris, and then
5: I'll go to Elizabeth, then I want to move on. Go ahead, Yeah, no problem. I'll keep it short. Here's the thing, man. Uh, Will this restrictions help? Maybe. I mean, uh, we kind of... Need to get our discipline back because there was a time where we were all kind of working together, but like as mm-hmm. things started to open up again, we we all started getting a little lazy. I mean, even if it was just like you know within like your building, not wearing your mask to like go take out the trash or like go get the mail and stuff like that. Like we've all gotten a little bit lazy, and so maybe add restrictions again. You know, especially with people, you know, who uh well, especially with the idea that you know, like a lot of people have been out of work and stuff like that. If if, if you can put. If, if if just saying that there's going to be restrictions can at least put like some sense of, of of fear in the people, then it might help them be on their shit. So whether or not the restrictions actually do happen or or, or not as, or as bad as they were the first time we went through it, or even if they are, that's a good thing. Because, yes, it's going to hold us back, but it's also going to propel us forward because if people are scared to go back to where we were, they're going to do better, usually. But, again... That's not everybody.
2: Nothing's changing here. So we had almost 4,000 cases today in Los Angeles. Yeah. Nothing's. I mean, nothing's changed. I mean, they're not physically changing one thing to what we were doing prior. So, how do you get yeah. those four thousand cases to go down? I get it. We're the biggest county, but we yeah. also have one of the highest infection rates in, in in the state too. So, how do you get those people that that are still putting out the four thousand cases a day into not doing it, into into doing the right thing, taking care of themselves, taking care of others?
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, again, that's you have to you know maybe mess with the numbers a little bit instead of saying oh it's 4,000 today say it was like 10,000 maybe like you know put bigger numbers than what it is like yeah that's kind of wrong to kind of use fear to intimidate people but like that's kind of what we you know that's kind of what happened the first time when we were getting better was like everybody's afraid because there was you know 100,000 cases in a month and we were like oh what the hell is going on and so we started working together so maybe inflate the numbers a little bit just to fuck with people
1: Elizabeth, you wanted to say something?
5: Oh,
4: uh, yeah. Um, I, I generally think the idea of a find is a good idea, but unfortunately, because of systemic problems, it will predominantly affect poor people and or people of color. Um, <clears throat> because we kind of they they saw that happen in Central Park in New York all those months ago. They were only like people were out no mask, like sunbathing in the spring. They were only approaching or almost exclusively promote. Uh, approaching people of color in the park and white people were like, how you doing officer? And just going on their way. So that's uh, that's gotta get figured out yeah. and addressed. And then as far as like your uh, their question, Veronica, about like, what do you do in the situation mm-hmm. you had in the store? Because I think we're all, you know, getting a little lax. Um, I think it's okay to like say, Hey, could you put your mask on or could you pull your mask up? Cause he might've just forgot like he might've pulled it down real quick to like clarify something because sometimes it is hard to hear. Well,
1: And that's what I, yeah, that's what the, I You think. don't,
4: but that's, that's still not okay.
1: I'm not no, saying it's, not it's okay, okay.
4: <laughs> but sometimes you just, in the heat of the moment, you're like, all I need someone to know is it's, I'm sending it to X address and you do it in the heat of the moment. You, and, but then he forgets to pull it back up. Like it's, it's worth just saying like, Hey, could you, could you put your yeah. mask back on? Uh, you know, whether or not it has to escalate beyond that if they start arguing I don't then I don't know what to do in that situation um but yeah I think you know you're, or like if you're out walking like maybe you take it down on your like walk it just it's worth saying hey could you put on your mask to mm-hmm. start at least.
1: Yeah, it's just I'm,
4: a reminder thing.
1: Yeah, we were at the mark a couple months ago, and there was a girl behind me, and she was getting very close to me, and I actually turned around, and I did say to her, I said, you know, I'm sorry, but could you, you know, could you back away just a little bit? You're a little close. And she actually said to me, you know, she was very embarrassed, because I'm so sorry. I didn't notice, you know, because she was on her phone. So she was very nice about it, and I was very nice about it as well, too. But no, I have no problem telling people that, but today, that just kind of took me, like, like for a loop, I was like, Oh, my gosh, because it just shocked me that this guy had been because I could hear him talking about the stupid tape or whatever was happening with the Mm -hmm. box. But I wasn't really paying attention. Then as I walked out, you know, the first thing that I I think about, I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I was in a a, a store, and somebody was wearing a mask, and he was talking. So, you know, it's like you live with this fear that you never had before, obviously, to think that, you know, somebody's decision can affect your life, or, you know, so that that's, that's where I was coming home from with that. But Okay, let's move on to the next, next part. So tonight, since there's a very good chance that this state, along with several others, may be headed into some form of lockdown in the near future, we wanted to talk about how we have dealt with the pandemic over the last eight months and see what a new lockdown would actually mean to us. California officially went into lockdown on March 16th. And while some restrictions have been eased, the state hasn't completely come out of lockdown since then, like we were just saying. What is the one thing that you miss the most that you used to do before the pandemic that you can no longer do? Can you guys mention one thing that you, I mean, for me, it's going to concerts and theater and obviously doing our show too. So that's one of the things that I miss. Um, let's, Pete, what about you?
2: I mean, for me, it's not a single thing. What it is more than anything else is not having to manage your time. Um, by that, I mean, Like if I go into a store, I'm not automatically thinking to myself, how quickly can I get in and out of the store without without being around the most amount of people? Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm not thinking to myself, like, I'm not trying to budget my, my time and to say, well, you know what, do I really need to go to this place today? Um, and put myself at risk, or should I just do everything all in one day and kind of get it all out of worth, uh, you know, out of, uh, you know, out of the way at one time, you know, to try and minimize risks. Like, like, so it's, it's more about time and about, and about preparation that, you know, we just used to be very careless about it, just doing things the way we wanted to And I, that I miss the carelessness part more than anything.
1: Okay,
2: I'm um, Elizabeth. What do you miss? Yeah, I miss the kind of um, I'm
4: not even that spontaneous a person, but like saying like, "Hey, do you want to go grab dinner with someone?" And knowing you could just go somewhere and hang out and shoot the shit for hours on end. In my case, because I won't ever stop talking, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and or or like going to the movies and going to dinner with friends, and like making a night of of it. Like those are my two things. Um, Because, yeah, I miss going to the movies. Like, the drive-in's great. I really do enjoy the drive-in. It is a good substitute. But um, I just generally miss, like, the movie theater stuff. Uh, And weirdly enough, because I'm still working, I miss my office. I miss my office people because it is hard to convey things
1: Mm -hmm.
4: um, quickly. I feel like um, I do edits of of packages and stuff. And I feel like we go around and around forever because every – everybody's watching it at a different time and it just seems to take longer where it might that's an efficiency thing and i like my workmates a lot and uh it's kind of like you can't shoot the shit and get gossip there like i i i thought i was more of an introverted person and i am in the sense that i get my like systemic recharge from being alone for a while that's kind of how the introvert-extrovert thing works, to my understanding. Extroverts feel fulfilled when they're out with people. Introverts get fulfillment or their batteries recharged, you know, from alone time. But I liked people, and I I, I just kind of, like, miss seeing you guys in person. It's so impersonal, like, doing this stuff. Like, I wish we were all, like, at fucking Worst House and shit.
1: Yeah. Or,
4: um what, that's an old location, sorry. Cat
1: fiddle.
4: <laughs> cat fiddle. I I hadn't yeah. been the cat fiddle was often
1: our bartender and our friend. Yeah,
4: like just that like the like I think
5: kinda like Pete said, like sort of casualness that you could do stuff with.
1: Yeah. Chris and then Stuart.
5: Uh well I tell you what I do like about this time is that you know unlike pete i do like that there's more time management because now now nine times out of ten if i'm t- if somebody says hey let's meet up for lunch at this time we have to be there otherwise the reservation is gone and no, that's, stuff is like. Like. That's, that's stuff i like that's stuff now, these i like too that's what it's, it's like.
2: just it's just not sitting in the you know in the car about two minutes before i go into a grocery store and trying to figure out how quickly i can get in and
5: <laughs> See, I, I always of- like that because i've always been that kind of person like i'm not a shopping person like if i'm going to the grocery store i have my list i go get it, I get the fuck You're out done. of there. Yeah. Same thing with, like, going to the mall. Like, if I need, like, if I'm going for, like, a certain clothes or like that, I'm not really a shopper. I go in looking for what I want. I might go through several stores to look for it, but I'm going in for one thing, maybe two, if I see something I like on the slide, and then I'm out. So I've always been that way. I don't miss that at all. But what I do miss, though, myself is just, like, performing live. Like, you know, doing shows with you guys, doing stand-up, you know what I mean? Like, and even, uh, I miss plays because... I moved to North Hollywood and I live by three playhouses and now they're all you know closed down because we can't do live shows or they haven't figured out a way to do live shows. So I, I miss going to plays and like mm-hmm. you know, and I was hoping to be in one of these plays at one of these playhouses at some point. You know what I mean? And that, so I just miss like performing live because you can do stand up on Zoom or we can do this show on Zoom, but like it's nice to have that immediate uh, connection with the audience and, like, that immediate feedback to know, like, if I'm writing this new material, if it's good, if it sucks, if it has legs or whatever, you can't really do that on the Zoom show because everything's delayed, so, like, they could be laughing out of awkwardness or it could be funny. Who knows? You know? So yeah. I just miss that. That's, like, the biggest thing. Stuart? Yeah, I mean,
6: that's, I, I think the biggest thing for me is not being able to do, you know, not being able to perform live. That's, you know, that's what I love to do. that's That's why I'm you know, an actor. That's why I'm a comedian. That's what I like. Um, Not being able to do, you know, TMI sucks. Obviously um, this is like good, but it's not, it's not the same. Um, I think we, we all know that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think another aspect is definitely the, there's also like a psychological aspect of like sort of feeling trapped, I guess. Like, even though I, you know, I I did, I wasn't like super social. I didn't like go to bars every night you know, and everything like that, like not knowing that I can't because it's like, like, you know, it's, it's against the, the rules right now and against the restrictions. That's sort of the psychological aspect of that is also, I think, uh, so really depressing, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. That's really hard. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So with the governor putting much of the state back in the purple tier of restrictions, something we here in Los Angeles have never felt many other places are going to be living like we have been. That means a ban on indoor dining, no one in attendance at sporting events, malls and stores can only only uh, have people open at 25% capacity. Bars that do not sell food must close, gyms must close, and indoor movies. Other than not being able to work, which is a problem for people everywhere during this pandemic, what are some of the things that you've had to get used to since the city was in shutdown in March? Now I know Pete kind of talked a little bit about that. He's got to, you know, kind of has to like, you know, budget his time and see how long he wants to be in a grocery store. But are there other things that you guys learn to adapt to? Um, Like the whole hand washing thing and all of that, it's, Pete makes fun of me all the time because I've always been kind of a germaphobe. And because I used to work with kids, I was constantly washing my hands. So to me, that's like like I would actually lifestyle my phone like a couple times a week. I'm like, so i that's, me
4: that's, you no, the that's
6: so
1: smart. That was me pre- So like like stuff like that. I don't really like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I have to be, but I still have to worry about like the groceries that I'm bringing in. You know, things like that, that, like, you know, it takes time. It takes time to put, you know, as a, as opposed to, like, putting everything away in five minutes, it takes me 30 minutes now because I have to wipe everything down. So, like, those mm-hmm. are, like, the little things, you know. And I think also, too, just, um you know, the whole Zoom thing, you know. Like, I mean, I've always been a very personable person. I've loved being around my friends all the time. I'm very social. But now it's, like, you know, trying to adapt to this type of, you know, medium so what about what are some of the things you've adapted to Joe let's start with you
3: I have uh which is surprising you guys because I know all of you know what a car nut I am having to do everything with my car mm-hmm. uh I live in Hollywood and normally a lot of things that I would do I could walk to I could take the train I'd love taking the train uh can't do that I can't walk around my neighborhood anymore because of COVID Uh, We've got these huge homeless encampments all the way down Las Palmas, which is a street two blocks from me. They've got the entire sidewalk covered. And to be honest with you, uh, I know that there's a problem, but I also know that I'm probably going to get assaulted because I have the Citizen app. uh, Which, if you are not in a large city, I don't know if you know what the Citizen app is, but it basically tells you every type of police activity that is happening in your area. Like in your, you can set it down to like half a mile, a mile, or whatnot. And ever since COVID, and we've had these encampments all over the place, and a lot of them in Hollywood. I know there's also a lot of them in Santa Monica. Every night, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven assaults. Today, just because I wanted to set for the show, there was six before it got dark in my neighborhood. So that's a two-mile radius that I have it set up to. Um, You know, and things like that. So, I mean, that's something that's – so now i got to figure out I'm going to take the car. Am I going to be able to park the car? Where am I going to put it? All of these different things, you know? And and, and the other thing, like I said, I I haven't, I went this morning. I walked a half a block to my Starbucks, not this morning, Sunday morning, just to get out. Since then, I have not been outside. Um, And that's just, I'm, you know, I'm, I know people say, it's not over even though you're over it. And I know that. And I keep doing everything that I have to do. And I try to be vigilant. And I look at some place to see if I think it's safe before I go in it. And things like that. But dudes, I'm so over
2: it.
6: Yeah.
3: Pete?
2: Well, I, I mean, I guess in, in some weird way, the one thing I realized uh, from doing this for the last eight months, I mean, I mean the shut down, is I realized that I really didn't know anybody that I knew. Um, <laughs>
5: this.
2: No, because, because, you know, it's so interesting, because I guess when you have your regular interaction with people, and you're in are kind of like, especially in our little world, where most of our interaction involves a thing that we do together. And, you know, and that's, I guess that's like any workplace, in a sense, where, where you, you know, people basically based on the job that you do with them. But even the time we spend outside of working on the show and everything else, I don't think I ever really got to know people. Like, I, I you know, I've actually, I, you know, there's been moments in time since this has started that I've actually felt really guilty that I didn't realize that I didn't know people as well as I feel like I know them now. Um, and so that's just something I've definitely learned, like, that, you, you know, when you have this kind of circumstance where you kind it's of, not, it's not hustle and bustle, you're not rushing through things you really have a reason to kind of like ask a person what's going on in their head. And hopefully they're, they're at least willing to give you a little insight Uh, because if there's going to be one good thing I'm going to take out of this, that's going to be the one good thing I'm going to take out of this. Is that, is that I'm really, I'm really learning now that like, you know, knowing somebody is not just saying hello to them and goodbye to them. When you, when you see them, knowing them is actually talking to them.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've gotten closer to certain people too. Because, you know, we make it a point to FaceTime now more often. Or we make it a point to Zoom, which we never did before. Because I think we took that for granted. So, yeah, I think I think that's, that's a good point, Pete. Elizabeth?
4: Yeah, like, uh, my dad's of the family, we started doing Zooms more regularly back in the earlier months of this. But um, we're still doing them every so often or, like, once a month. And in reality, we wouldn't, like... The Stantons are all scattered across the country majorly. So like reunions are, you know, frankly, that's my grandpa stopped being kind of able to do them. We didn't really do these like big family reunions. And so now it's like a chance to read, to do that and kind of get back to that, which is nice. And, um, and like joke and laugh with stuff. And then, yeah, I, it, you know, there's the obvious, like I put on sunscreen now to go to the grocery store in case I have to stand out wide <laughs> outside in line in the sun because i burn really easy and that's that's not a good idea um but uh shout out to the trader joe's at sherman oaks they got it down to a pretty good science so the wait time isn't too long but um uh apart from that yeah i'd say connecting with people i feel like i talk more with some friends back home too that like again would talk to casually on text but now like I guess Skype was always there, but, man, Skype missed the mark, and Zoom was like, oh, yeah. we got you, fam, we got you, <laughs> and really swoop, swooped in and, and took over. Because uh, I I watched a movie with her uh, over Zoom, like, a couple weekends ago, and that was, you know, like, what we used to do back in the day when we both still lived in Michigan. like. And so, it, you know, if you're going to look on the bright side, that's definitely one thing. With looking at now, on the flip side, I'd give anything to travel to them or to my like brother and mom across the country, but that's just not fucking happening now, is it?
3: No. Hey, also shout out to the new TJs over in uh, North Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. Tons, of, tons of parking, and those guys—they get you in and out really quick. So, yeah, you're uh, not trying to get them great. as a
2: sponsor, are you? <laughs>
3: No, 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 I'm not. But you know what the great thing I about am. that They're TJ's is? It's right around the corners from a Popeyes, so you can go <laughs> and then pick up dinner
5: at Move. Move. Yeah, after, you're, after you're tired from from shopping all day. That's right. You're not gonna cook all that
4: food day. when you get home. Have some
5: Popeyes.
3: That's <laughs> right. Well, we all know that's
5: what that's what our moms always did. They buy a bunch of groceries and then they go pick up fast food, and we'd have a that's dinner. That's right.
3: Dinner. Yep. But like I said, it's not fast food. It's good food fast.
5: <laughs> uh, you know honestly what I've uh, kind of learned since this pandemic is just like you know how we were talking you go know, Elizabeth and, and Pete kind of hit on it just like how important relationships actually are meaning like I because of this time being so uh so much time for us to like reflect on ourselves and things of that nature which can be a good or bad thing depending on how your mind works um but it is kind of cool to see now it's like Now I know, uh, you know, we can go back to like the the time and and, and stuff like that. So like, I know who to give my time to. Like, I know who I'm actually close with. I've learned who my actual friends are, not just people that I, you know, went to bars with or or saw casually here and there, or we, we had just mutual friends. So we were cordial to each other. Like, you know, the people that I actually spend time, you know, talking to on the phone or through Zoom or texting and stuff like that. And like people that actually that checked up on me, like these are the real friends that I have. And it's, it's nice to see that because sometimes, you know, you, even though we live in a big city and there's millions of people, you can still feel very lonely.
6: Mm-hmm. Even when
5: you have a bunch of people around you too, you still feel very lonely within that. So it's like, uh, I learned that through the pandemic is that like, you know, like true relationships are more important to me than the casual ones. And I just also learned that like, um, like through this situation, like how, if I allow myself, if I allow, or if anybody allows themselves to like not look at the negative part of it, and like try to look at the positive spin, like how creative and like how this time being at home, you could like make yourself better. I mean, people are out there learning new languages, reading more books. Mm -hmm. People are getting smarter. Like people are learning a new skill, you know, how to edit videos or, 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 or do like sound things. And people are making like the music that's coming out of this, The pandemic and some of the shows, like the first shows and stuff like that, like, there's all this room for creativity. And like, I learned that because of the business that we're in, I feel very blessed because, you know, we can still work. Even though like there's not many acting gigs and things like that, but there's so much room for like my creativity to to the build that I can put my creativity into something else, whether it be writing or making a music or or something, you know, and and I can just like keep myself going through that. And like learning that about myself has been really great because I thought like if this was all over, what would I do? But now I know, (laughs) you know,
1: Um, for those of you that are listening at home, I want to read you Danny's comment. He said he had to adapt a TMI from changing from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. So now his lunch hour is less funny. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> so now here's a more important question that I want to ask you guys. What have you learned over these last eight months that are certain things that you think you can, uh, you can live without or you can still enjoy in a modified way? Like for me, for us, it's been eating out. I mean, we still continue to eat out, but we bring the food home or we'll sit and we'll find a place to eat in our car. And, you know, we, we do a picnic in the car type of thing. So for us, I think, and I can kind of speak for Pete as well. I think that's one of the things nice. that we did, we've modified. Um, you could still speak for yourself. I, I just you know, okay. go so ahead, I'll, husband of mine.
2: Well, as long as it's okay with you,
1: it's okay with me.
2: <laughs> Thanks, honey. That's
5: hilarious. Um,
2: no, I mean, uh, definitely the the food thing. Like, I never realized how how important I used to make going places to do certain things like it was, and and also I never realized how good I was at not going anywhere, which <laughs> until I started doing this, um. But you know it's 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 interesting because other than the social interaction, I don't miss a lot of things that that we used to do. Like I I listen, I thought that going to the movies was going to be the thing I was going to hate doing, not being able to do. Until I started realizing, well, you know what? They're going to probably start putting a lot of these movies on, um, you know, on on streaming services or on uh, you know in some other format where we can watch them at home. And, you know, I just realized, like, over time that, you know, I can kind of control, you know, when I'm going to have popcorn, if I'm going to have popcorn, I'm not, I, I don't have to worry about, you know, like, if I have to get up and pee, I could go turn, I could freeze the movie for a minute and, and come back. Like, you know, so I don't miss, again, I miss the, the the social interaction of that stuff, but I don't think I miss the the actual act of it like I used to. Uh,
1: go ahead, Elizabeth.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um...
4: I, I sort of similarly like i liked i it's the people i miss not so much the activity itself because um, uh like i was saying uh joe turned me on to mission tiki driving and i went there this weekend and had a great time i went by myself because i didn't plan very good and everybody asked to go see the movie with was kind of busy so that was my bad but uh that's happened to me before and also it was a horror movie it was freaky The movie was free it was titled freaky uh so it's a harder sell for some friends of mine uh, (laughs) um uh in general but i also just didn't plan very good um but i still had fun because it was like you know people can be creative and adaptive adaptive uh and even some like event stuff for work they're getting creative with like drive-in premieres or drive through this and that's like uh, I guess I've become very attached to my car <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's uh, it's so it's like it's it's not so much the activity itself, but it's the people.
3: <laughs>
1: Chris and then Emma.
5: Um, I know, actually. <laughs> not even trying to be funny, but, like, it is kind of funny, but I can tell you what I can live without now that the pandemic has happened. It's so much less traffic, and I mean as far (laughs) as, like, cars and people, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, some days, especially in days where, like, you're you're in a hurry or, like, you're just, like, not really in the mood to be out and about and, and with people, like, some, so as soon as you get in the car and everything like that, like I don't drive very often, but I wasn't driving like every day before the pandemic or anything like that. So like, I don't, I don't have much room to complain as compared to people who had to do a commute to work every day. So forgive me to those who did have to do that. I'm not trying to say that my plight is worse than yours. I know that you went through it, but I do not miss, I do not miss traffic. Like it's it's so much cooler now to know that like, you know, if I'm going to the grocery store, I can pretty much get in, get out, you know, within like 10 to 15 minutes. That's nice. And then, like, if I'm going somewhere that's, you know, 20 minutes away, I actually get there in 20 minutes. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love having that time back and I can definitely live without the L.A. traffic from before coming back. I I, I would prefer if we didn't I, you know, like we figured it out now. Let's see if we can keep it going.
4: I would agree, except I I tried to go to the Haunted Hayride out in San Dimas, and I got stuck in traffic and I missed my time slot. So traffic yeah, is still, yeah, there. Yeah, nature, still there. Nature <laughs> is healing, man. Nature is healing. But here's, the the great thing, but
5: here's the great thing, but like now at least now, like, it makes me feel like I'm back home because, like, in Texas, you know when the high traffic times are. Like, it's between uh, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., and then it's between 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Those three, like, those hours, we know it's going to be crazy. If you got something to do in between then, you do it in between those two times and you're good. And now it's kind of like that here, like, you know, early Mm -hmm. morning and then, like, mid, you know, late evening or afternoon, you know, when the traffic's going to hit and then like after like 7 to 8 p.m., you're good. It's nice. It's actually like a regular city, not just this extreme version of a city.
1: Hey, Emma.
7: Uh, well, I've learned to really enjoy sneaking onto podcasts at the last minute. Um, <laughs> but uh, more seriously, I, I, one thing that I, I noticed is that every time I wanted to hang out with a friend, it was exclusively at a bar or at a coffee shop or at a restaurant. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I still enjoy bars and coffee shops and restaurants, or at least I assume I do, uh, but <laughs> not tested, um, but like more over the summer than now. But a couple of times I would see a friend and we would like go on a hike together and uh, like getting to move and like do a physical thing, but also chat with a friend. There is nothing about a conversation where you're catching up with a friend that requires a cup of coffee in front of you. Uh And that's kind of nice to like not spend that money and still get to see friends. Mm -hmm.
1: So California, like many other States have a considerable amount of people that no matter what will never believe that these restrictions are fair and necessary. Before we go forward, are any of you in that group of people that think that our health restrictions are not completely necessary or do any of you have any issues with some restrictions that you want to, talk about or are we all good
4: I, i'm all good i just want to point out that there are people i forget if it's in i think south dakota there's some headline or article that was like on their on their deathbed from covid they they're insisting it's still not real and they don't believe yeah. they're dying from covid
5: that's
4: and it's crushing the healthcare people yeah. who are handling them because they're like i don't know what to tell you you have it and it's what's causing all the problems and they're like fuck you i don't have it it's not real it's a hoax it's a hoax and
5: then they're dying and it's hey, like somebody died from a heart attack like it's not a heart attack sir you're going to cardiac arrest. it's terrible. Not, it's not um, it's like you get, stabbed, I ate a you hot get dog. stabbed
6: in the chest and the <laughs> knife's still there and you're like i didn't get stabbed no this not stabbed it's this is fine yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah this if, knife oh no that's definitely not a knife uh, it's only uh, a, a flesh power. wound <laughs> How long did they hold on to that? Did they
3: go up to heaven and like St. Peter goes, you died of COVID? Like, no, 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 no. Bring Jesus out here. Have Jesus tell me. <laughs> Show me where I died from COVID. <laughs>
4: yeah. Um, that just it kills me because it's, it, I know, uh, like a person I know from high school on Facebook is like, it's it's so overblown. It's so overblown. And meanwhile, I'm like, I have a cousin who got it in Michigan uh from teaching and she's fine but it's like what what would it take what's it gonna take for some people to believe this stuff apparently not getting covid i thought that would be the thing apparently that's not it either because well. they're like about to be intubated and they're like it's not covid and those two get shoved down their throat like i don't know man i, I it's you know, I know a lot of people are bandying about like the four to six week like national lockdown where they pay everybody. That's the key point is you got to give everybody the money to do it in the first place. Um, but uh, I think even then people would. I don't know what the fuck happened to us that we're like this. Like meanwhile, like Taiwan's like let's all go to a soccer stadium together as a country because they haven't had cases in months or something like that, and we've got Crazy. people who are like I. Wearing a quarter inch of fabric over my face is a violation of my civil liberties. And you're like,
2: Jesus Christ. Pete? Well, I I mean... I think that the problem that we're that we're seeing is that it doesn't matter if there's no restrictions or a million restrictions. There's just yeah. going to be people that aren't going to um, to take any of it seriously. And I saw probably the same report that uh, Elizabeth saw about um, there was like a, a nurse talking about people, and mm-hmm. I guess it was South Dakota that are literally on their deathbed and they're saying this isn't supposed to be happening. This can't. This isn't supposed to be real. And mm-hmm. and to me, like. If that's not a wake up call enough, not for them because clearly it's too late for them, but for everyone else involved with them, you, you know what else is? I mean, at this moment in time, in in the country the way it is, where we're getting close to two hundred thousand cases a day, you're you potentially at any given time when you're in a when you're in a space that has more than 40 people, you're in a space that probably somebody has COVID in that space. And that's, and that is the scariest idea when you think about it, because you don't know if you're the, if it's the person standing next to you, or it's somebody that's going to touch something that you touched in the store, or is going to just accidentally bump into you. And, and, you know, and again, like, maybe the masks are, 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 are safe, but you know, there are people that have gotten this, even with masks. And so, you know, it, with everything that we now know about this, the fact that there's that it's this bad right now just kind of tells you again how, you know, how selfish a big chunk of this country is. And, you know, and, and, it, and it, more than anything else, it's it's this idea of American exceptionalism. You know, we're, we're supposed to be better than everybody else. And so nobody's going to tell me how to live my life, live free or die. Well, guess what? You're fucking dying. You're not living. You're dying and you're killing other people. And, and there's nothing exceptional about being an American right now and the rest of the world is looking at us like we're like we're jokes Uh, i mean that's just the god's honest truth and you know what and there's not people that are that that uh represent our that that support our our soon-to-be former president that are going to say anything that are going to say anything to me like oh that's why you people are the way you are because you're not you you don't believe in america i believe in america but i also believe that that americans have to learn a lesson from this because we're not better than anybody else. The way we are right now, we're, we're so much worse in so many ways. And, you know, like I said, you know, we, we, we always got this idea that we were freer than everybody. Well, guess what? At some point freedom does cost, and this is the cost of freedom, you know, by, you know, by just allowing ourselves, to think that we can get away with doing whatever we want because because that's the society we live in it's it's not the way it is there's 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 always a price to be paid and and I and I just genuinely hope that that some point the the people that aren't listening are going to start but I just can't see how I mean 8 months later how can we even imagine they will yeah. you know I mean I heard I heard the governor of Florida again today talking about about um, how excited he is about having a packed super bowl where the fuck are we going to put 80,000 people in a stadium together coming from all over the country to watch a football game? Like that's, like that's not going to be the next um, super spreader event, like the biggest one possibly ever. Like it's, just, it's insane to me, and it's just never going to get better until, until people wake the fuck up and realize that we're not exceptional. This, this virus has made us all equal now.
1: Yeah. Let's end the segment
3: with Joe. Final comment, Joe. Uh, the, I don't know if you want me to be the final comment.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely <laughs> because, do.
3: <laughs> because uh, 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 I got a whole bunch of things. First of all, the whole idea that America is is better than everybody else and stuff like that, that, that all started getting chipped away when the internet started. And people got to look and see how other countries do things and realize, oh, the reason why we were fed all that was to keep us in a place that we wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like, Because they were like, wait. They get 20 weeks of vacation. Wait. Uh, uh you know, they get in- health insurance for free. Wait, what their kids can go to college and they don't have to worry about tuition. Uh, wait, all these, all these different things that most people didn't know about, you know, and they were sitting there. Oh, America's really great. Oh, I got laid off at the mill. Uh, but luckily there's a country song about that. So I'm okay. Um, and let's wait, here's my, my, my other thing. And I want to talk about this, you know, I I don't like these people that are not complying and things like that. I also don't like these people on the complete other end, uh, these compliance Karens that want to shit on every single thing you do. I'm, I made a comment the other day about going uh, with my friend to go get a casserole. She calls it a pizza because she's from Illinois, but it's a casserole. Um, at a really nice Chicago pizza place that can finally seat people out in the back because they finally got a state approved place to dine approved by the state that's why it took them so long um so i took a picture i'm like hey yeah i know a lot of you guys from who are from the midwest or chicago or something like that who like this you know they're they're open you can now dine and right away oh that looks really unsafe to me fuck you the state went through the whole thing they they didn't open one of these things right away because they wanted to have something that was safe thing so screw you and if i didn't feel safe and my friend didn't feel safe, we wouldn't have ate there. So, you know, and then my other thing, like, I try to put up something as a goal, as a, something in the future, something to wish about. And I just get these comments, and it's just, dudes, relax. All right? You know, uh, I don't even want to go on my other rant about having to do this all by myself. Because let me tell you something. Doing this for as long as you've gone, when you don't have anybody that you can, you know, uh, talk to on a nightly basis that you can hug, that you can just like cuddle up and watch TV with, that you can do all of these different things. When you don't have that, this, this, this sucks 20 times worse. So if you're with somebody, man, give them a fucking hug tonight, because I can't tell you how alone I felt since this whole thing started, because I have never felt more alone in my entire life than I have during fucking COVID. And it sucks and it blows. And I was really lucky to, to have met somebody and all that, but she lives so far away that we couldn't meet that often. And because of COVID, we couldn't meet that often, you know? And now that relationship is, is, is done in, well, I mean, we're still friends, but still my whole point is that, uh, uh, I don't want to say anything because she's a fantastic girl. And, uh, uh, but we, and we're friends and things like that, but still, this is tough to do like that. And I don't need all of your fucking COVID Karen bullshit. So please, you know what? Keep it to yourself. I'm trying to be happy here, and it's failing miserably. <laughs> hey. you know, I was gonna.
4: Uh, I'll just real quick say, people want to be holier than thou about yeah about mm-hmm. everything, and like you know, you're just like you, you you mentally needed to do those things to stay sane. Like you know, people argued earlier. Like, you shouldn't go for a drive, like, out to, like, the beach or the mountains or wherever if you wanted to get out of your house because you've been in your house from a, for weeks or months on end. Because what if, you know, your car breaks down or an accident, like, you know, I, I've said a hundred times that I like watching Mark Maron do his live streams. He's like, what if it's that or you take a swing at someone in your fucking house? maybe go for the drive and take that like your car yeah and you're in it's a car. your
3: car it's your car
4: like <laughs> that, that's the thing is like you still are you know you went to the restaurant but you still wore a mask it was state approved you know you were we were, we were social so
3: distance and let me tell you yeah. my friend my friend kept saying thank you because that was the first time she had been out to eat in 9 months yeah in 9 months And she was just like, I just needed this, like, I needed to, to, like, touch what it used to be like again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we were totally safe. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just. And I
4: I see so many people, like, a lot of people have made this point, you know, where they're, like, everybody's being a huge scold about this. And there's definitely people who need to be scolded. Don't get me wrong. But, like, a lot of people are kind of ignoring the fact that a a lot of the scolders have the comfort of working from home and can just have everything delivered to them. So they don't have to go, or, and they're with a person. So they have a person, they can work from home and they are getting everything delivered to them. And they have the kind of gall to tell everybody else how to live. I don't mean that in the sense of like, live free or die from COVID, but like also check your privilege a little and just acknowledge not everybody's got that same opportunity. And maybe the person you see at a restaurant or on a beach that's further from their house than you think they should be, this fucking needs a fucking break.
3: I need a break.
7: Yeah.
4: <laughs> bad.
6: Okay.
1: okay, so let's move on to just one question, where I take stories from the top of the show and I ask you one question about them. Over the weekend, just in time for cuffing season, Chipotle teamed up with a delivery service, with delivery service Uber Eats and dating service Hinge to create a new socially distant meal centric dating promotion. My question is, what the hell is cuffing? Who knows what cuffing is? I-, I learned about this today. Okay, <laughs> Elizabeth. So. First of all,
4: I'm going to probably show my age and dumb naivete, but when I heard cuffing, I was like, do you guys mean like cuffing jeans? Does it have to do with the style
5: thing? Oh, baby. <laughs> I
4: hate <myself>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, then I googled it, and it's this, uh, it's finding somebody for the winter or the holidays, and the cuffing comes from handcuffs, because you're handcuffing your <laughs> to somebody at least that's the explanation I found so romantic I've seen some <laughs> nodding heads yeah but I every time I heard cuffing I'm like oh like shirt cuffs or pant cuffs that can't be right it's not <laughs> I really should google this at some point but that's not it
7: uh that I finally did so there you go okay. <laughs> Emma uh I agree with Elizabeth and I'm just gonna add to that uh it's called cuffing season because you handcuff your, yourself to a person so you can have a person through like the holidays you can take them home for thanksgiving and christmas and new year's you've got mm-hmm. someone to kiss at midnight you've got them through valentine's day and you typically break up in the spring so you can get with other people over the summer when everyone's wearing swimsuits and shit
5: ah okay, okay. Like a long
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so um Growing up in Jersey, cuffing season was something totally different. <laughs> See, I knew uh, it. Cuffing, I knew season there were other usually, cuffing season usually meant that the FBI investigation is complete, <laughs> and they are now they are now heading out to different people's houses and apartments. And so, when we, whenever you got the call that there was cuffing season, it usually meant you probably should like leave. <laughs> Maybe oh go to Delaware for a few weeks, you know, <laughs> or if you got that, you got that that uh, backup apartment set up. Uh. <laughs> pete comes up to me today and he says do you know what cuffing
1: is and i was like yeah of course i do because you know i watch blue blood it's like handcuffing
3: people
5: oh <laughs> no
2: i had no idea what it was either
3: it's a little different here in california but when you get into those states where it's really 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 cold uh, you just don't want to cuff with anybody. You want to cuff with
5: people more. Let's be honest, guys. It's not even really cuffing season They're
3: going to be somebody that, that can eat all that turkey. <laughs> uh,
5: yeah. <laughs> it's not even really cuffing season right now. Like, I think people have been getting together just period <laughs> you know what I mean like it's like a <laughs> year it's really COVID.
3: It's like <laughs> <coffee>. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's been doing. a lot
5: of relationships that have started since COVID and they're probably going to mm-hmm. end when it's all over because most people will probably don't even like said person that they're with but they are with them because they feel an extreme amount of loneliness but eventually that's just going to be over and then you're going to be left with the person that like you actually don't like and be like, oh, shit, this is what I was doing for the past year? <laughs> <laughs> they, they let you go outside and you're like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> other, other humans?
4: Yeah. Oh, God. oh,
5: yeah. <laughs> oh I no. I know there's a lot of people that better keep that. if they catch somebody cuff, they better keep them in fucking house because <laughs> if they get to see yeah, there's other people in the world, they might change their minds.
7: Move from a metaphorical cuff to a physical cuff. <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's been
4: three exactly. years. Are you sure the pandemic's still going? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's still going yeah. on. <laughs> World, yeah.
5: dangerous out there. Oh yeah, it's gotten worse.
7: <laughs> you're lucky yeah. I'm here to do the
1: shopping for you, right?
7: Yeah.
5: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I feel totally hip now that I know a cuffing.
5: See, <laughs> uh, <so laughs> you messed it up when you said hip. If you didn't say hip, <laughs> good. By the what? way, I don't, I don't,
3: I really don't know if you're going to be getting a lot of cuffing with Chipotle. Yeah, I don't think you want like, there's gonna be some Dutch ovening involved with Yeah <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work out well.
5: Yikes. Yeah <laughs> I mean obviously
3: if you want if you want to keep them, you get them a Popeye spicy.
1: So Zoom, in a kind gesture to its free users, is lifting the 40-minute video limit for Thanksgiving so that people can video conference with family for as long as they want on the holiday. My question is, forget the pandemic for a moment in any other year. Is there anyone you would voluntarily and happily spend more than 40 continuous minutes talking to at a family holiday event? Um, let's start with you, Stuart.
6: Yeah, most of my family. I, I mean, I, I, I like, you know, my parents and my brother and stuff, like, I, you know, we don't really have Thanksgiving. It's it's fun. We talk. Like that, you know, I I like that. You know, there are other members of my family that I would, too. Some I definitely don't want to talk to for 40 minutes. But mostly, yeah, I, I would want to talk to my family.
7: Okay. Emma? I was going to say pretty much the same thing. Uh, I Skype my parents every week for at least an hour, if not more. Uh, but it also doesn't, like... It helps that I'm, I won't see them uh, for the holidays at all. Like it'll have been more than a year since I will have seen them in person. So maybe I'm also being a little bit uh, nostalgic. Sentimental. Sentimental. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's the okay. word. Words, words, words,
1: words. <laughs> Elizabeth.
4: I was say, good luck getting my family to shut up after forty minutes. I mean, <laughs> holy, like we need the cutoff. One of, one of my family members has like the free account, and we'll just keep fucking going. We probably need the time
3: limit. <laughs> Joe and then Pete. I'm gonna be uh, because I want to make it feel like an actual family Thanksgiving. I will be zooming with all the kids because I'm on the kids table because I always come there. So- so to, to help to make it better, I'm going to actually put my computer on uh, uh, an old uh, door that's on two sawhorses. And we'll have all the kids oh, zoom. No. And we got to watch our language. But uh, we'll talk about stuff like, uh, you know, what's our favorite Disney movie and uh, all that kind of thing. So it'll be fun. Pete.
2: You know, it, it's interesting because – I, I think everyone here has this fondness for family for one reason, and, and, and maybe I'm maybe I, it's just me, but I, I, I totally think that I like my family so much more now that I don't live anywhere near them. Yep, um, yep, yep. And so, so when I was living in the same vicinity as my family, the idea of spending 40 minutes doing anything with any of them would, would have just been abysmal. But, you know, now that I'm far enough away, I actually do enjoy most of my family. Absence um, makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm 40 minutes worthy of, of having a conversation with, with anybody. But thankfully, like, most of my family does not want to stay on the phone with me for that long anyway. Um, you know, and, and so we wait for that lull in the conversation for somebody to go, well, you know, or <laughs> anyway. like but, but no, when I was living in New York with my family... No, forty minutes would have been wait. Would have been yeah. It would literally have been thirty nine minutes too long for me to be zooming with them for any reason.
3: I mean, let's face it. They always pick uh, Dallas and the Lions to play in Thanksgiving. So have an excuse to fall asleep and not talk to people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's. i are from Michigan. I luckily had the family that didn't know that smoking caused cancer. Um, so I think when I moved out here, I, I saved my lungs ten years. Oh, uh, because now literally my mother's, my mother's whole family, I don't know how, how it's, there's not like a cancer cluster out of, out of their, out of their little group. And I, I mean, I'm not wishing it on anybody, but, but man, that these people love to smoke. So, you know, the windows go, up, right? Pete in the car. Oh, I'll forget, but no, this was inside. Like one of the things I used to dread was, um, you know, when we, when, when I grew up, we lived in a, a fairly nice sized house. So we used to have people come to our house all the time, but years later when we'd moved, um my my family had would rent this vfw hall um in queens new york that literally i guess did not mind smoking in it and so it would just it it would be like being in a poker game with turkey like (laughs) (laughs) it felt like i was in vegas the only difference was the only thing i was gonna win was was like uh like melanoma or something. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, I mean, I, I, I for years had a hacking cough after every holiday just because of it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I live here. <laughs> love my family, though. So on this date in
1: 1985, we built the city by Starship, reached number one on the Billboard charts, where it stayed for three weeks, selling over one million copies. Over the years, it has been recognized as one of the worst hit songs of all time, with Rolling Stone's 2011 Reader's Poll making it the worst song of the 80s, while both Blender Magazine and GQ named it the worst song of all time. We thought that tonight we would end the show asking each person on the panel to name a song or songs that were hugely popular that you never understood why they were. Does anybody want to add to the list?
2: Pete, let's start with you. I, I will say that I'm, I'm I'm old enough to have been one of those people that never understood why we built this city it was so popular at the time, because... It fucking sucks. It's an awful song. And what was even worse was that in 1985, when it was popular, like to to juice up more record sales, what they did was like there's a little portion in the song where there's like a DJ um, like talking over it. And like he says the name of like, I forget what radio station in San Francisco, but they created a version where like you could get your local DJ to do something. So like you'd be sitting there listening to a stupid fucking song. I'm sorry, I'm cursing about it, but it used to annoy me. You'd, you'd hear this song playing, and then like it get to that point, and you'd hear it's mild and 65 degrees here in, the, in New York on WPLJ, You're like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I had to listen to the song all the time because they got they were able to actually do that. So I never understood that. But beyond that, um, I, I I will admit this now. Um, I didn't get um, I, I didn't get um, uh, "Bodak Yellow" at first by by um, by, by, by um, What's Cardi B. Face? Um, Yeah, Cardi B. I, think, Cardi I didn't B. get that by Cardi B. Um, because it just—I I don't know. It just seemed like somebody just kept wanting to talk about their vagina and would curse a lot. Um, um, I kind of get it a little bit more now because I think the records sell more because of her attitude than, than maybe because of the music. Um, but yeah, at the time I was just like she just I, she made me feel like I was very old because I kept thinking she's just cursing a lot and <laughs> so I don't get it. That was me.
1: Phillips says "Happy" by Pharrell. He just remixed "If You're Happy and You Know It." Clap your hands. There's <laughs> another one. Yeah.
6: That's,
1: uh, Stuart, did you want to say something? Okay.
6: Um, I think like I remember one that was like super popular like when I was in like high school was like "Wrecking Ball" by Miley Cyrus, and I just like didn't think it was that good of a song. And like, I don't know, like, I, like I thought like "Party in the USA" was a good song and stuff, but I, it was just like the super popular. I mean, maybe it was just like my
5: group.
1: Okay. Anybody else, Emma?
7: Uh, it's actually a current song. I don't know if it's like hit number one or what, but Justin Bieber has a song. I think it's called Lonely, but it's just him singing about uh, how, how hard his life
4: is. It's called oh no, Lonely. Sorry, lonely, there's a yeah. one that's called lonely. Holy, but it is called Lonely. Wash yeah. your
2: okay. under, wash your panties. That's what I keep saying when I hear that song. I mean, like yes, you your thing broke. Um,
7: <laughs> <laughs> I, Listen, I I am the first to understand that sometimes certain stars like. They have, like, there are tribulations that come with fame, and I understand that, but when he's sitting there like he's got nobody to talk to, he has a whole-ass wife! Like, (laughs) like, there should be people in your inner circle, and, like, I don't know his life, but I I just, that song just gets on my last nerve, because he does have resources available to him, even if not everybody in his circle is who they seem to be. Okay. (laughs)
4: Elizabeth? Um, this It popped on the radio. I'm sure there's a million songs, uh, but this one just popped into my head because it was on the radio when I pulled into my parking spot yesterday. Um, I think it was just called Rude. I don't remember the band, but it was like, why oh you gotta God. be so... Yeah, and they were just like, they, they were asking for That's the song. father's oh, yeah. hand, in ma- or not the father's hand, but the yep. <laughs> asking for the father's permission to ask the daughter. And I know so many people who liked it. I was like, Fuck this kid! I
2: Just what? This is a stupid song. This white is guys stupid. doing reggae is always
5: good. Yeah, and it was it was the reggae uh, thing. Sorry, but white like, guys do reggae. It's called ska. All right.
7: <laughs> it's not even ska. It's, it's S-
4: ska. Yeah. Um, and there's no like I'm. I, I look back like people are always like, oh, the albums of my. I like music, but I don't like delve into it the way people do. Like if you ask me, movies from like high school middle school i'll tell you i'll talk to you until the cows come home but like songs i'm like yeah i like most stuff you really like the bare naked ladies in the 90s that was a cool time for me and that's about as like deep as it goes for me so it just uh but yeah that that rude song really just like someone was like it's cute i'm like no it's not this is so
2: fucking antiquated
4: at this point
2: just off the topic real quick for, for with that with that phrase, what until the cows come home. Where do the cows go that they're not home like all they're all out the in they the fields of green? Yeah. What? They're out oh,
5: the fields right. grazing. you
2: gotta bring them back to the barn. Okay. They, 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 on their on their they come
3: back on their own, they just know when to do it. That's yeah. why they say you wait till the cows come. You know, I them.
2: learned yeah. something new today. Thank you guys. Anytime.
3: Like Joe that. and then Chris. Well well, first of all, before I go to my two songs, I actually had a shirt that said a city built on rock and roll would be structurally unsound. And uh, when I would would go visit San Francisco, I'd always wear it. And I always would have at least one person get in my face about it. But I love that shirt. I got to get it again. That was just... uh... (laughs) Um, So my two, because I'm old, uh, number one was one that I never could figure out, was Wishing Well by Terrence Trent Darby. Oh, I love that song. (laughs) Oh, I don't. (laughs) And the other one is... um, Actually, a band that I kind of like, but this particular song, I have no idea why it got huge. But it's mm, 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 oh, that song mm, "By the Crash Test Dummy." Oh, yeah, that, uh, so that
2: one is just bizarre. <laughs> that song's "No Wishing Well" by Terence Trent D'Arby. I oh my god, you? "Wishing
3: Well" was horrible. I used to, it's I used to right do so the, hard. I used to do the thing with fart noises. He's like, because <laughs> that's how it sounds.
5: <laughs> he felt it, Chris. You know, I only have one song that like I didn't get, and I still kind of don't, because like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like how how Emma feels about Justin Bieber. It was when I first got to uh, 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 L A. The biggest song on the radio station was "Jealous" by Nick Jonas, and like <laughs> I just never got it, because like okay, like he's Nick Jonas. Like if a girl wants to like leave him for another guy, like he could just replace her that day. Like, I don't get. <laughs> While he's making a song about, like, how jealous he would be about, like, this one girl who, like, guys want. You know what I mean? And, like, that's also the point. Like she was the one. No, no. Let me finish. I'm just saying, like, for you to be Nick Jonas, this song is purely about insecurity. Like, you're Nick Jonas. Whomever this girl is has to be, like, your level or you don't need to be worried about her like you know what I'm saying like he was and Vegas was too it wasn't like she was looking at other dudes or like he, <laughs> like she was trying to cheat on him he was just mad that other dudes were looking at him it's like dude okay so you're not in love you are possessive and you would it's probably stalking. like murder people if they just look at your girl so like but like <laughs> then I, I got drunk one night and I was singing it at the top of my lungs and I was like fuck it I get it now <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> <Emma>? <laughs> so uh elizabeth uh her previous answer reminded me of the songs of my college days and one that sticks out is motherfucking blurred lines by robin thick Oh, yeah. That's a great that
5: song. song. It makes me dance every
7: time I hear it. Very catchy. catchy. It is book. It, it, it is great creepy. It's it's
4: so, so creepy. It's so creepy. We have
5: that part. It is that part. As
7: fuck, and it's fucking
4: <laughs> <getting> creepy. <laughs> it's about yeah. rape. It's not
5: Marvin Gaye's <laughs> fault. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put this on Marvin Gaye. <laughs> yeah. Marvin Gaye made sexual. He let you know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Elizabeth. Well, my my question too is with the um. Well, one the song africa by toto and now the cover of it by weezer which brings me to my second point so we built the city on rock and roll was derided for years as like the worst song ever and then it popped up in that muppets movie a few years ago and i now feel like people play it like hey this is like not that bad i'm like didn't we all declare this was a crap song
2: like even (laughs) even like don't stop Believing," which we are all like No, no, it'll never look. They made they made a movie about Chernobyl. It didn't make it good. So no, but that's what I'm trying to say is like. But there's like (laughs) that was a mini series. (laughs) Okay, that was the mini series about Chernobyl.
4: But there's like a weird like, you know, sort of. I don't know if it's nostalgia glasses, it's or just it's like I,
2: kitschy, but it's not, it's, it's or all... I,
4: yeah, like ironic kitsch be like, no, no, we built the city of rock and rolls actually good. When I'm like, as I recall, they played it on pop up
7: video and savaged the hell out of it on that show. So, no, I hear that because I associate that with the trailer for the Lego movie, yeah, uh, mm. and I like that for two reasons one is because. The chorus is very fitting for the Lego right. movie specifically. And for then sure. I also just associate it with how much I enjoy that movie. Like, the mm. Lego movie is so good. They got to you, Emma. They um, got to they you. They got to me. I, I like We Built the City, okay? I said it. <gasps> I like We Built the City.
3: Don't they play that at You should have had to deal with it in
2: 85. Trust don't me. Don't they
3: play that
7: at I am glad I was for,
3: not alive for that. I think they both played at both the A's and the Giants games. Like, well, like we play... Don't stop believing in L.A. But yeah. I think they played both the the A's and the Giants games. I even remember uh, it's in Moneyball where they're playing it in the stadium. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I mean, who knows? But but uh, as far as your Chernobyl thing, if you set up a bunch of speakers all around Chernobyl and then filmed empty Chernobyl and have them playing that song in there, that would be the best music video ever. <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> oh, I, I just. <laughs> I get why it was popular. Oh, this is just funny. I get why it was popular, but I just I have this hilarious memory of my dad during the Titanic era uh, when My Heart Will Go On played on the radio all the time, but then they would play the audio during the bridge of I'll never let go, Jack. You jump, I jump, oh. all that stuff. And one time he was just pumping gas and he looked so defeated. He's like, God, I, I hate this. So <laughs> he just, it just his soul died a little that day when he just heard it one too many fucking times.
2: They they yeah. did that same thing when when Jerry Maguire came out. And oh then, yeah, uh, guarded by Bruce Springsteen. Come, I used to fucking hate that. Yeah. I love the song; it's a really good song. But then if, if I got to listen to to Tom Cruise bitching at uh at what's it face you complete like, me. Oh you my god,
7: it's
2: oh, I, I think it that happened
3: hello. with when songs oh, too. Like songs get attached to something, and then yeah. it makes it worse. Yeah. Like there was that one year where every single trailer had "I'm All Out of Faith" as the song in the trailer. <laughs> Yeah. It was, like, in, like, like non-trailers. 2000, 2000, and, like, by the <laughs> ninth minute, I'm like, I'm not going to go see your fucking movie just because of or <laughs> I mean, goes into movies.
7: Like, uh, Dirty Little Secret by All-American Rejects plays at the beginning of, like, every 90s teen high school film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they trip over something and it's a- like, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably wondering <laughs> how it
3: <laughs> is. How this how we're going to show you what
7: era this is.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because
7: they do that all, yeah.
3: Um, That's
4: How do I know it's 2003? Hang on. There it is. <laughs>
3: every- Every Disney movie that takes place in the late sixties, early seventies, you got to play Peace Train because now we're going to show you where where, where we are. <laughs> um,
4: let's see. Uh, the it, anytime someone does drugs in a sixties movie in a what room with black? Kids. Yeah, anytime.
3: <laughs>
4: I'm like, oh, there are drugs. Never would have got that.
1: <laughs> I I hate this one song and it's probably going to be very unpopular. And don't crucify me for this, but. Uh-oh. Um, I love Maroon Five, but I hate What's with maroon? a passion this
3: love.
2: I can't oh yeah, that, song. that was like I every Rob call, No, like so obnoxious,
3: yeah, so
1: just annoying. Every, <laughs>
3: every
1: time I hear it, I have to change it because I can't stand it. I think it just it makes me cringe. It's just so obnoxious, and I hate <laughs> that song. Speaking
4: what of trailers, God. there was that Michelle Branch song where it was like, "If I just breathe," <laughs> that was trailer and actually one of the first sketches i was ever in in college we made fun of those trailers it was actually a decent sketch uh and i played tara reed who went and made out with a cat because i was on a farm and there was, <laughs> i can't i don't remember what the other two setups were but it was like i'm so homely i'll never be with the prince and then the music cue would hit, and be like if i just
3: <laughs> <laughs> Never <laughs> like to that song every year where they're like, the licensing singing on this is really cheap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everywhere. It's that girl amazing. has licensed all her
4: music. Uh, good for her. Get that money, but yeah. also yeah. make some new shit. <laughs>
1: okay, well it. that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m. We're going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Who Shot First? A Star Wars Controversy podcast so it should be a lot of fun talking to you oh yeah <laughs> and joe
3: you're doing all the all the questions <laughs> oh no me and emma emma's a nerd too she'll, she'll okay yeah i know nothing it. about star wars so i'm I mean, gonna emma and I, I will you. probably end up arguing over the controversy so <laughs> <laughs> on it he's gonna be like i Ready. thought i was a guest here
1: what happened <laughs> have a good night everyone and stay safe bye <laughs> good
7: night